Hey guys, I'm Dr. Pastor Dwayne Washington, husband to one and father to four beautiful kids of Ebonyopoly, the game that's been changing the way we look at history because remember, our history should not be a mystery. I'm also the executive director and founder of the Gentleman Society, the organization that teaches young men how to become gentlemen. We've done that in 23 states here in America, 10 countries across the world. And I also own and the CEO of FaceTime Studios. So I am a cinematographer, award-winning cinematographer and filmmaker. And I am so glad and elated to be here with my brand new friend, Marcus, right here on the Rebuke Podcast. Well, hello, my name's Alicia Hemphill. I'm one of the three founders and co-creators of Ebonyopoly LLC, makers of the hit new board game, Ebonyopoly, the reconstruction era. My background is um, I am a vice president of regulatory affairs for a life science consulting company, and we specialize in getting medical devices approved globally. Uh, I've been in the corporate America arena for about 30 different years. I've been in all forms of boards and community activities. Uh, I've owned our, my own personal business called uh Beyond the Limitations, which is a consulting company. I'm also the COO of Covenant Daughters Ministries International, which is a mentoring company for a mentoring ministry for young women. I also have on Covenant Daughters Television Network, a television show called Beyond the Limitations, where I like to impart some wisdom about how to achieve your dreams in corporate America. Uh, thank you for listening to us, and I'm so excited to be here with Marcus on Rebuke Podcast. everyone this is Marcus and you're now listening to Rebuke Podcast. A lot of you have been asking me when I'm going to do my uh, first podcast episode for the year 2023. I've been putting it off for a long time and you can see I cut my locks off. Yes for having them for seven years and you know get tired of them so I tried to get do something a little bit different but they're they still in the closet so i didn't throw them away so my locks are in the closet reminding me that i betrayed them every day so uh so i got just just a different look so i'm glad to be back and hopefully the podcast this year will be more educational and more enlightened for you all to do things for the betterment of the black community um since it's black history month I wanted to do something that's gonna highlight black history. And I was on on social media and I ran across this interesting uh, game. Um, of, of course, if you've been following my podcast, I interviewed a young uh, sister. She's a lawyer in Chicago. She created a board game to help people know the police laws. So when they get pulled over by the police, they know what to do and what not to do. I mean, dynamic lawyer in Chicago, sister, she's doing her thing. But this game is a little bit different and the name just popped up. So I, you know, I, you know, I do my research. I, I, I did, I, I, I did some do investigating and I, I was surprised they called me very quick to do the interview. They have a very good assistant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like them already. So, um, so to, to know, no further ado, the title of this show uh, for the first episode in 2023 is, what is Ebonopoly? Did I say that right? Ebonopoly. Ebonopoly. Ooh. Uh, 
And I'd like to thank my guest, uh, Dr. Washington and Miss Hemphill for coming on to talk about their board game. Once again, thank you. Thank you, Marcus, for having us on. We appreciate it. Thank you, Marcus. It's it's really a pleasure. Oh, this pleasure is mine. And like I said, I did I did uh, research on these two individuals. And like I said before I started the show, these are like the the Avengers of African Americans. <laughs> I never had a I'd had some people that with degrees and, and done some great things, but I'm like, oh my goodness, this this I'm starting the year off right. <laughs> so I'm glad to have I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> and you and what's crazy, yet 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 your third counterpart, she's a doctor too. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, y'all doing great things. That's great. So um uh, always on my show is ladies first and since uh dr washington set up his teammate you know unprepared because he was like well I don't, we don't need no questions we go ahead and just wing it i was like i don't wing anything man they come so the first question is to miss Hemphill, and um the question is all of you all come from various backgrounds when i mean all of you your counterparts and your your, your partners in in your company come from various back, uh, backgrounds in the industry and community and community work how did you all meet tell us about the company and what sparked the idea to create this board game okay well i'm gonna be here for a while <clears throat> oh, so. oh, well you, you can break <laughs> you can break it down um uh, how did you meet? And then no, I, can, I can, I can, I can share. Okay, go ahead, so, go ahead. There's three of us and you're right. We all are accomplished in our own field. Um, the first person of our team who's not here is Dr. Ruth Pauline Plummer and she's the CEO of Covenant Daughters Ministry International. She owns her own television network. <clears throat> she's married to a bishop um, of the Kojic uh, faith in Israel. She's considered, her title is First Lady of Israel. Um, and so she's known in radio, music. Um, she's had her own television show. She's been on The View, the Christian broadcast. Uh, she's very accomplished in her field. <clears throat> she and I have known each other for many, many years. I'm COO of her uh, in her ministry, Covenant Daughters Ministries International. And she, I also have a television show on her network, Covenant Daughters Television Network. And it was under that taping of the television show. I was really the formation of it several years ago. Um, I was looking for a, a videographer to do, to tape my first show. And I went on a, uh, one of those screening places where you could find different, you can hire different videographers. And that's how I met Dwayne Washington. He videoed my first and he's been videoing most of my work ever since. So that's how we met. Um, and really, I like to say when I met Dwayne, his company is his whole family, like you've noticed. <laughs> Everybody, his whole family is in the business. Uh, and so immediately that struck me, the family orientation of, uh, of, of the whole operation whenever we work together. Um, and so, that is really the viewpoint. We each have our own unique view and experiences. Um, my background is in the medical device industry and I'm a VP of regulatory affairs. Dwayne is a, a, a extremely accomplished uh, videographer and entrepreneur. And so it was during the George Floyd uh, murder that we began talking about the three different ideas that we each had. And uh, Dr. Plummer was interested in building the Black family. And so she wanted to institute uh, sad Friday night dinners where back in the day when we were young, Blacks were, they went to church. And after church, we came back home and we had dinner and we all sat around a table and we talked. And we've gotten away from that. And so uh, being that she's in Israel and watching how the whole country shuts down on Friday nights and they come together over a meal, they share their history um, and they're together, they're, the glue of their family is strong. She wanted to implement that in the black community. Um, I had been um, observing young women 
obtain a level of identity and strength and a desire to contribute as they were learning about uh, Black women in the civil rights movement. And Dwayne had his own story. So uh, we do come from different viewpoints, but it was around the sharing of the history in the bringing all three desires. Dwayne was um, interested in showing the disparities of generational wealth and how generational wealth was kept away from us. And that's where, that's part of the reason why financially we're not able to, we don't, we don't have generational wealth as a, as a, as, as a people. So those were the three ideas that came together to form the company, um, when we formed the company and, and that's the game as you see it today. Oh, very good for not having the questions. Very good. I, I applaud you for that. I applaud you for that. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go to the second question. You want to add anything to that, Mr. Washington, or you want to go ahead to the second question? She did a wonderful job. Listen. Okay. All right. Second question. And, you know, this is for me. African-Americans went through a through and through numerous stages or eras of hardship and suffering. You know, the trans-Sanhedrin slave trade where they, the slave trade happened in East Africa, 700 years prior to the trans-Atlantic slave trade. Sub-Saharan, uh, yeah. Sub-Saharan, excuse me. Yep. Um, Jim Crow, war on drugs, civil rights, and et cetera. And the list goes on. Why create a game around reconstruction? Well, that that's that's simple. Um, the reconstruction era was different than any other era that we've seen, not only in American history, but in history throughout throughout history, throughout written history. Um, where else do you see a group of people who have been systematically oppressed and killed? for over 200 years, 250 years, right? I mean, if, if, if you want to know the difference, like go talk to the Incas, right? Go talk to the Mayans, try that, right? They were completely wiped out. So you have a group of people who were systematically attacked for 250 years. And, and literally, if you, if you hear some of the, um, what happens is after slavery ended in 1865, they actually later on start interviewing some of those slaves and we actually have some of those interviews and you'll hear them say pretty much the same thing. They just let us out like cattle. There was no plan. There is no, you know, there originally was a 40 acres and a mule. We know that they, you know, they, they went back on that. There was, there was nothing to set these people up. Uh, uh, and we have in 1864, you're not even a person. I'm saying if we look at like, you know, the some of the Supreme Court uh, uh, rulings, like literally we weren't even a person. We weren't even considered there. And 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 literally just a few years later, you have people graduating from Harvard with masters. You have uh, HBCUs that are being started. You've got businesses all over the place. You've got um, black boom towns. You've got black owned businesses. You've got black owned hotels. You have property out the out the wazoo. You have entire towns that are black owned that are thriving. You have black senators. You have black U.S. rep, black mayors. Literally, just a few years after um, slavery, like where has that happened before in a society where African Americans were not the majority? So it's a little different than, like, for example, South Africa, where the 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 blacks were the majority there. Um, but here, we're able to thrive. You 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 talked a little bit about um, the uh, Jim Crow laws. Well, Jim Crow was in response to the amount of of forward movement black people were having in America right after the the end of the Civil War and right as, as slavery ended. So that reconstruction period, man, that's that's a period like that's what we call the golden age. We should really look at that and, and study that and understand how wealth is circulated, how it's passed down, and more importantly, how it's built. So um when we looked at being able to start this game, there is no other era that stuck out more than that reconstruction era. Okay, 
All right. I like that, man. I like that. Uh, yeah, the Reconstruction era was a very unique time where, you know, I, I like that time because blacks were were striving. There were Republicans at the time. Now they're Democrats. Uh, and and the whites wouldn't wouldn't having it. So they did a drug deal in order to for the, the U.S., the federal army to leave the South. And then that's when the KKK was formed. Yeah, you know, I I'm with you, brother. So I'm I'm glad you we can we can, <laughs> we can, we can talk can about this five hours going. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can, <laughs> we can talk about all day. So this great that's great. I was just wondering, like, how would they form a game around Reconstruction? It's it's I have no problem with it, but it's it's, it's different. So that's good. Yeah, so it's uh, a powerful. <laughs> it's a it's a very powerful era that um, a lot of people don't even know about. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Before I start really studying it. I, I couldn't imagine. I'm like, how is somebody like W.B. Du Bois able to get a master's from 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 Harvard in 1896, and yet you know you have the the formation of HBCUs because colleges won't allow us to go. So I'm like, how how was that even possible to happen? Um, and we we forget about that small little period um, where we were just uh, on fire, you know, all over the place. Miss Hemphill, you sound like sound like you want to add something. Go ahead. I did. I did. So remember, we formed this game right, you know, in the throes right after the fact of uh, George Floyd's murder, and there were it was a lot of civil unrest, um, a lot of people calling for change, and as we were forming the game, we realized that one of the values of of Ebonyopoly reconstruction is that it highlighted one of the strongest, I feel like one of the, one of the biggest strengths in, in Black Americans throughout history and today. And that is most people, most organizations, like Dwayne said, do not do well under pressure. We thrive in spite of it. We overcome it. And during this time, you know, after so many years of oppression, we jumped out of the gate and we were doing it. Well, that is the spirit, that's the attitude, that's the strength that we want to highlight. Mm. We're not concerned, you know, we, it's not, we should not be overly concerned um, about what we can't do because there's so much that we can do regardless of the limitations that are put on us. And so subliminally that message we wanted to get get out there. There was nothing that was there, like Dwayne said, to help us. We didn't have programs. We didn't have scholarships. We did it ourselves. And there was something inside of us that we came together and we, 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 we survived and we thrived. And we would have I mean, this country would have been different if those laws had not been enacted to stop the progression of the forward move. So there's something, something in the spirit of Black Americans during the Reconstruction era that we need to understand and we need to, uh, we need to embrace and we need to harness for the challenges we're facing today. Thank you, thank you, Ms. Hemphill. Well, I would give you the next question, Ms. Hemphill, but I want to give you a hard one, a more deeper one. So I'm <laughs> you don't mind? You don't mind if I give this to Mr. Washington? And number oh. four is number four is for you. Okay, give it to him. <laughs> this one's easy, so I want to give you. Wait, I want to, wait. <laughs> no, I'm giving him the easy one. I'm gonna give you the hard one. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So why the name uh, Ebonopoly? I'm sorry. I'm Ebonopoly. Ebonopoly. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could have. There's, a, there's a whole story behind that. Yeah, because you could have named it Kemetopoly. You know, the, you know oh. the ancient Kemets. You know, you could have. I don't. I don't know if we've ever told this story publicly because no. I don't know. If it, it doesn't show us in light, but you can tell it. Uh, can I, can wait, I tell wait, it? Wait, 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 wait. No. Uh, uh, you ain't going to assassinate me if you just say the classified so, name. Okay. I, I will say this. I will say this. That the original name of the game was not Ebonyopoly. It was something slightly different. 
And, you know, we did the research and we were good to go. And we did all the, the planning, you know, we, we, you know, did, did the board and had it all ready to go. And it was getting ready to go to print. And just so happened that weekend, uh, I ran into, you know, I was just doing some research online and ran into somebody who actually had that name. Strangely enough, all of the partners did the same thing. Like that same weekend, we were getting ready to go to print the next week. So we met that Monday and we all had the same story. Hey, this weekend <laughs> happened to find a guy that has a game with the same name. Uh, and literally we're, everything's full steam ahead. Like they, they are literally getting ready to print this game this week. And so I'm like, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, why don't we call him up? You know, I can find him. So I, I literally found him in minutes, called him up, got him on our, our call real time and said, Hey, can we just license this name from, you, you know? And he was not having it. It's <laughs> like, no, you cannot license the name. Uh, I'm like, we'll pay you for every game we manufacture. He was like, no. So he literally, it was a, it probably the shortest conversation in life because he was not budget. And, you know, I can't, I, I'm not faulting the guy, you know, he's, he does what he does, right? So we had to, we had to figure out in the next 24 hours, a brand new name. So in 24 hours, we were coming up with all different types of names and uh, Ebony Opoly just kind of rose to the top. It's, it's the one that stuck, but, but it was a, um, it was a uh, tumultuous 24 hours. <laughs> I was saying that we try to figure it out. They're like they're getting ready to print, and we had to redo all of our artwork and, uh, you know, the 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 the, uh, the stuff on the cover. We had to redo the. We had to get a new logo. All the oh. stuff on the, uh, the game board. Everything had to change, and we mm -hmm. had to do it like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it was interesting. But um, to be honest with you. Uh, I think I like this name better. Uh, I, a lot of other people kind of agreed with that. As a matter of fact, I mean, we we literally had to change. We had to change so much that people were ready to start buying it. We had to tell them, hey, by the way, the name is actually this now. <laughs> so it was, it was interesting. Wow. Wow, oh, wow, that's interesting. I was like, man, this, I was like, why they name this tongue twister name? Yeah. <laughs> Ebonyopoly. Ebonyopoly. Okay. Ebonyopoly. Forget it. You'll never forget it. No, I won't. <laughs> no, I won't. Like ebony and ivory, you know, ebonyopoly. Don't you remember the Stevie Wonder song? Which one? Ebony, ebony and, and ivory. ivory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> together in perfect harmony, side by side. You remember that? Amen. Uh, no, those okay. were, that one was Too young. The young man. He's a young man. <laughs> I, I, I remember the my share me or more, that one. Yeah. You know, those uh it's around I, that uh, around that time frame. You know, okay. Yeah. I, I like Stevie, but I, I wasn't one familiar with Ebony and Ivory. Uh now, but you ready? You ready for your question while you're deflecting on Stevie Wonder? Uh, there's no telling. You'll never know. <laughs> so I, I looked on online. I just read a re, uh, article online about your company and stuff. And then on the article, it talks about your company, of course. But it also stated that it's projected that the median black wealth will fall to zero by 2053. Okay, what stats show that? And why do you believe your board game can help reverse that trend? Wow, well, yeah, we should have switched so the way <laughs> I could answer it now. First, I didn't I didn't know the answer, but I finally got the answer this let, week. Let me, let me just correct it real quick. 2050. Yeah, it's 2050. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not even the median. It's like the average. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, go ahead. Okay. So this is, this is the test to see how yeah. I've been learning. <laughs> but anyway, that is, um, that has to do, and it's, it's based on the fact that as, as you think about Ebonyopoly, you know, when we, we conduct game nights, um, wherever we go all across the country, and people have different strategies for financial, for building financial wealth. 
Um, and, and you can tell the maturity of the person as they're playing the game because many people will just try to collect as much money as possible. So they'll go around every time they get $200, you know, every time they go around the board, they get $200. Um, they may buy properties, but the, what, but the, and, or you may have some that will just buy properties. And so they'll collect properties and they'll collect rent. We tell the players that they're really not going to win this game until they make large investments into putting houses and hotels. Because if you look on the property cards of Monopoly or, or Ebonyopoly, you will see rent exponentially increases the number of properties that you have um, or the number of, of homes or, or hotels you have on a property. So what does that mean? That means that you're um, invested in the capitalistic nature as most people are in America. Uh, which is home ownership and, and, and owning, owning other types of commercial properties. Because Blacks do not generally, on average, <clears throat> um, own their own properties. Uh, you're looking at that wealth being reset to zero by 2050 as Blacks do not participate, or they participate less and less in the in the ability, ability to own property, manage property, or or even get into real estate. Well, so you said something profound. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, Miss Hemfield. What is doing uh, besides not investing? Is it lack of knowledge? Because it can't be lack of knowledge. We got too much technology and too much education how to invest and. And what is it in the black community uh, is that we going so worse backwards? Because I, I did an interview with a real estate agent years ago, and she's saying the same thing. What, 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 what did you find that is like profound? Like, why, well, dang, we gonna, we gonna, we're not gonna be existent, non-existent uh, economically uh, in 2050. Well, if you notice, um, and I've seen it, I've seen it in my own family. Um, our, our parents and grandparents had homes. They bought homes, they kept them, they paid them off. When those homes get transferred, when they die and the homes get transferred to their children, for whatever reason, maybe they're not no longer in the same area. I mean, that happened to me. My father died, he had his own condo. It was in Maryland. I live in Texas. Um, I did hold on to it, I refurnished it. I um, rented it out um, and I managed that long distance, but the ability to do so is hard. Or you may have people who are not interested in maintaining older properties. And you'll find that many times um, older uh, women or men, they, they buy the property, they, they buy the house, but they maybe don't have the disposable income to upgrade it or to maintain it. And so by the time it gets into the hands of the next generation, the value has decreased tremendously. So it's going to take an influx of cash, which was not part of the plan to, to make that home livable again. And so most of the times people just sell the homes, sell the properties. As that continues, that reduces our ability to participate in the financial wealth that this country was built on. Mm. Mm. Did I do good, Dwayne? You did so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> what about, here's the second part. What and why do you believe your board game will help reverse that trend? Because we teach those principles. I mean, if you, uh, one of the most interesting thing is we were um, beginning to tell people about Ebonyopoly. I heard over and over and over again um, from, from, from all races, from all walks of life, the story I kept hearing over and over again was my son or daughter learned the value of property management and investing and the and got in, and became intrigued with real estate so much so that they now now that's their job. They're in the business of buying and selling property. Um, so there's something um, that we we believe in. It's called gamification where you're imparting uh, facts, knowledge, or, or, or even concepts 
uh, through the use of a game. And it's, uh, it's much more effective than sitting in a classroom and reading a book and reciting numbers and retelling stories or doing narratives. You don't remember that. But when you're with your friends and we, because it's an emotional thing, you're either going to win, you're, you're going to remember when you're going to win. <laughs> you remember when you beat everybody and, and made everybody bankrupt. Okay. Uh, or you remember when you lost and you were angry and, you know, the famous term about uh, playing Ebediopoly is you turn the table over. Like those are emotional, those are emotional moments that stay in your mind. Well, you realize that you're um, learning things, you're experiencing principles of investing, you're understanding money, calculation, uh, mortgage. We, we have played with so many different groups of people. Um, and I will tell you, we went to um, DC and we did a game night across uh, the street at Sankofa Cafe. So if you're in the DC area, go to Sankofa Cafe and buy the game. And we did a, uh, um, we held a game night there. And so students from Howard University came and they blew me away with how they mastered the, the fundamentals of this game. They started forming corporations. They banded together to establish a monopoly on the side of the board. It was amazing. But you know what? They were learning the principles of economics and financial acumen. And that's one of the things that we value. And we you know, are supportive of this game. And we try to bring out, uh, when, especially when we're we're doing the game nights because it's about money, making money. And what do you do with the money? Making the money work for you. There you go. You, you slam dunked that one, Ms. Hemfield. Thank you for your response. You slam dunked that one. Uh, Dr. Washington, now I want you to be honest. What is some of the feedback, good and bad, that you have received about your game? You know, I got a call today. Actually, I was I was with a guy today, and he was saying um, how much his granddaughter loved playing the game. She's seen it. She wanted to play it. After she played it, she grabbed the concepts and cannot cannot stop. Just continues on. She understands these concepts. Uh, yesterday, a Sunday evening, I got a phone call, and I know for a fact. There's no way that these guys expected me to pick up this phone. They called the, they called the number. I picked up the phone. They said, we have a question on one of the rules associated with the game. So I explained that rule to them. And I not only explained the rule to them, I explained where the rule came from. I explained eminent domain and where it came from originally and why that particular thing is in the game. Mm -hmm. They appreciated that. These young guys in L.A., it wasn't 10 minutes later, the guy he was playing called me <laughs> and, and wanted to ask some questions. And that's more of what we get. We get people who are excited. Um, they have questions regarding it um, and they have very intellectual questions. Um, the, if, if there's any criticism, there are, some, there are some doozies of some cards in there. Like literally your whole entire fortune can be wiped out. Um, and, uh, you know, people don't like those, but that's not do with us, right? They don't like getting that, uh, getting that. I'm trying, that, to, I'm trying to figure out what kind of card during reconstruction era besides the clan knocking on your door. <laughs> 1921, uh, uh, remember the Tulsa massacre, oh, um, Black man. Wall Street. Yes. So something happened the other day. We were doing a, a game-a-thon for the Louisville ISD. But in this, in this particular game-a-thon, we had all ages. Um, from We had a lady that was there who marched with Ma uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, we had a kid there that probably was seven or eight years old and, and everything in between. And there is a card. We, we explained that there's nothing on these cards that's made up. Everything is real. And there is a card that says, you are going to... Uh, you're going to the um, to the fair, like to the state fair. However, you know, if you're a black player, you're playing as a black player. Um, you went on non-Negro day. Therefore, you're penalized. Pay $50, go home. 
right? And I know we went there, Marcus. We went there. <laughs> check this out. We were explaining to these young people. I said this, believe it or not, we don't have to go back to reconstruction. There are people in this room that suffered what we just said. All the young people were like, what? Then the older older ladies raised their hands and said, that happened to me. That happened to me. That happened to me and my family. Or we were not able to go to the zoo, but one day a year, Negro Achievement Day. We were not able to go to the fair except for one day a year and they wouldn't even clean it up then. That, the connection that happened in that room, the light bulb that went off, like they these kids never realized that these people are in their own family and had never just vocalized some of the things that they've been through. And so some of it is understanding and appreciate, like one of these women, who had been through all of this she had been commissioner she was the commissioner for that for that area had been commissioner for 22 years and she had been mayor of that city for seven and a half years so for almost 30 years she had been a pillar in that community and it is not a black community she had been running that black that that community in some way or fashion for 30 years Here's a woman that could not even go to the zoo, could not even go to the fair. If she can do it with all those things around, Come on. Then right? And now what I remind them is that me and my generation, we're the first generation born free in America because we were the first generation that was born that did not have to go through that, right? That, that I, I, my house, where I am right now, my mom could not have bought this house. It was, I don't care how much money she had, it was off limits to her, period, point blank. Um, I've got a friend of mine, he only drives Cadillacs. And we were talking about that. And I, I was uh, driving with him out of town. And I said, man, you gonna make me spend some money. That Cadillac is $120,000. And I said, man, the good thing is, all they want is one thing. He, that's our joke. All they want is one thing. And that one thing is money. Now that might not seem like anything to you, but in Fort Worth, Texas, when my grandfather was coming up, he couldn't buy a brand new Cadillac. I don't care how much money he had. And when I talked to him, like, granddaddy, how could they possibly stop you from doing that? He said, it's easy. They don't allow you in the dealership, right? And so when you think about the things that were off limits to them and they still were able to succeed, surely we can grab onto those things and take them to the next level. So we haven't heard anything like, oh, I'll take it back. There's one thing, go, go grab me the other thing. There is one, there is one complaint that we do here. Okay. okay. If there's any complaint, there's one complaint that we hear. And I had a lady call me and I mean, she, she went off, she went off about this. Right. And it's a very simple thing. Uh, when we first started making, uh, making the game. Okay. We had a, a longer box. Okay. Uh, I'm going to show it to you. All right. So when we first start making it. This was our box. Okay. See all the way across there. All right. So that was the box. And so sometimes people would see me um, in airports or something and I would have it out uh, and then they would purchase it. Uh, and then they get, you know, a smaller box shows up. Now the game is the same size, just folds different, same exact size. Right. But <laughs> we have people say, wait a minute, I got half a game. No, it's the whole game. It's not, it's not anything like that. It's fine. When we explain it to them, usually they're, they're fine. They open it up and the game's the exact same. It's just the, the box is a little smaller. It's a little easier to transport, um, easier to put in different places and, uh, and easier to ship out. So, but, but that is the, I, that is the one complaint that we have heard in the last couple of years. So. Great, great, great. I appreciate you uh, highlighting that. You ready for another tough question, Miss Hemfield? Now, yeah, don't, blame the, yeah, don't, blame, don't blame me. Don't blame me. It's your partner. My so, partner. My I didn't say give her the heart. Well, you can't blame me. <laughs> my partner. <laughs> I just know she's ready for it. Right, right. Okay. Right. Uh, I, well, going back to the article I read online, it said that it highlights that the, the that the game is is part of a series of games. Yes, it is. So, have you begun producing a new game? If so, what is the name, and when will it be released? So, actually, we're in the middle of producing two games, and oh. I will tell you that the game is kind of the bookend 
or centered around, you consider a bookend on the reconstruction era. So the period hmm, somewhere before reconstruction, probably a little, probably a little, not as close as you would think. Uh, and then the time after reconstruction. So we're kind of looking, you know, you kind of mentioned some of the terms during the broadcast. So before and after reconstruction, we'll put it that way. Okay. Oh, wait. Period of time in history. Can we, can we, can we get a, a Black Panther? Ebony? There, there is a there's a third game. There's a third there game. Is a, oh, yes, there is. So uh, we can't talk a lot about it yet, but <laughs> all of our Caribbean friends, um, we have a game that is specifically for you that you will love that should be coming out late 2023. Wow. I kind of think I know where it's centered around, but okay. Okay, cool. Okay, all right. Well, and we don't know the name yet. Okay. Because, you know, historically, we have to create a name and then we have to change it within 24 hours of production. So <laughs> we haven't gone through that process yet. <laughs> Who knows what it'll actually be called? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So last question. Um, this is for you, Mr. Washington, and, and Ms. Hemphill. You can add on if you, if you have something. Why, sh you know, and my, you know, my show is targeted towards, you know, the, the African-American community. Um, why should the Black community invest in, in your product and buy this game? And then, Ms. Hemphill, you can, you, you can close it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's it's simple. I mean, we can hit a couple of different areas, but I would say right on because we invest back. Um, so when you see something simple as these shirts, this is an African-American company made this. When you go to buy the game, know that you're buying from an African-American company. So like if you go into a store and purchase that game, that's an African-American company that, that owns that store. Um, so whether it's a bookstore, whether it's a library, um, we, we're actually in a couple of 7-Elevens. But understand, those 7-Elevens are Black-owned because we wanted to do our part and to be able to put that money back into the pockets uh, of our people. It's amazing when um, when I was first, you know, going through some stuff and going with marketing companies and, you know, there's a marketing company reached out that's outside of the United States. And we talked to them a little bit about the our target market. And it was interesting. Um, she was like, well, do you think you want to widen your target market? And I said, well, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in Texas, and there's about a million black people here. Um, and I live in America, and there's about 50 million black people. And throughout the world, there's about 1.2 billion black people. I think that's a pretty large target market. Um, and, and when I said something to her, they kind of threw her back a little bit. And, and it's, not, it's, it's not a slight toward another community, but it's to make her understand. I was like, if, if this was a Jewish product, if there was a product that was that was geared toward the Jewish community, and I used to live in a Jewish community in Pikesville, Maryland. So that's, that's kind of like, like where we got this understanding from, how they just really kind of take care of, of, of each other and how they do is wonderful. Um, I said, would you tell me that I need to widen my target market, right? Would you, would you say that to me? Um, in, in the world, there are 1.5 roughly Orthodox Jews, 1.5 million Orthodox Jews. There's almost 50 times the amount of Black people in America than there is Orthodox Jews in the world. And you would never tell me that as a Jewish person that I need to I need to expand my market. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just not something you would say. Um, and, and what I had to explain to him is like, for whatever reason, it's the Black dollar that's almost dismissed. Like, it's just not good enough. Right? It, which is fine. You can think whatever you want to think. But I'm like, why? You know, why is that? And people out, people say, oh, well, you know, we can't work with black folks. We do it every day, right? You uh, make, making this stuff and like these and, and all the kind of things that we do, the, the little uh, papers and things that we pass out like that, those are all black owned companies, right? Period. And so we work with each other all the time. And, uh, and what I tell people is, who do you think put in your head that black folks can't work together? Probably somebody didn't want us to work together. Right. And so we can do it all day. So um, support us because we're we're supporting you. Right. And not only not only indirectly through through, you know, buying through black owned game, like we're actually giving to organizations that are going out and rescuing uh, uh, young ladies from the 
from the throes of things like uh, uh, trafficking, um, helping gentlemen through gentlemen society. Like we're actually doing these things. So yeah, I mean, you know, support us. We're supporting you. It's let's let's make that dollar circulate. You know, you go back in in Greenwood Avenue in the, in the original Black Wall Street. See how many times that dollar circulated right in that same community uh, and so we want to do some of the same things and let me say this so people can understand i don't hate anybody right i just really love our people right and our people have been systematically targeted and still are by the way still are i live in a state where our governor has just told the whole state whatever you do you no longer do not do, do not even look at diversity when you're hiring that that's the edict that just came down from our state right so um, and you already know, I love Texas. I live here. I was born here, but we already know some of the issues that we're dealing with, you know, with, with certain things can't be taught in schools and the whole nut. So support us as we're supporting you and supporting the things that actually support us. Hey, brother, I'm, I live in Alabama, so enough said. I, <laughs> you understand. I understand. You, hey, Mr. hey, you overstand. <laughs> you overstand. That's uh, awesome. Uh, Miss Hemfield, what closing remarks? You know, um, oh, where can I begin? There, there are just so many um, intentional things that have been put into this game. We didn't even talk about how it's created. Uh, we, we didn't talk about that. You know, the properties are significant for those for African Americans during that time. Uh, you know, when you're playing Monopoly, you don't know what those properties are. Why did they pick that that place? Well, we are intentional um, about selecting those significant properties that, you know, made us famous and that we need to know about. That actually, do you know, we played the game uh, a couple of times and there are a couple of cards in there with terminology from the from the day, such as sharecropping and cotton gym. And some of these kids, had no idea what those terms were. There, it's our history and it's unknown. Um, anyway, back to the properties. Uh, Dwayne is showing you the property cards. And as you can see uh, at the very top, uh, like the railroads, they're not B&O railroads. They're actually stops on the underground railroad. Um, and the property cards, you, over top of it, under the name, and in between, in between the name and the little striped color for mortgage, you'll see a QR code. Well, we intentionally put that there so that you can take your phone. It's it's the only time we want you to use your phone <laughs> during this game. This is a low tech game for a reason. Okay, so we want you to pull out your phone and we want you to scan that QR code. And when you do, it's going to take you to a location on the web, our website that's going to give you the history uh, and the significance of that property. So you'll be able to read it and understand it. Uh, and in some places, we've traveled around the country uh, to locations like Greenwood Avenue. Uh, we went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Greenwood um, Museum, a rising museum. It's a new museum there. And we spoke to the acting director, Phil Armstrong. We interviewed him. And so when you scan that Greenwood Avenue card, then it's going to take you to a video of him talking about Black Wall Street and clearing up some misconceptions that many people had no idea about. So we've been so intentional in this game. The, the chance and the... Uh, chess cards are, as Dwayne said, those are real life scenarios that somebody lived during that time. And we've got some, we've got a little twist in there. If you're black, you may have an, one outcome on some of the cards. And if you're non-black, you may have a different outcome. Everything about this game is meant to immerse the family into the realities, the struggle, the victories, the accomplishments of that day because through gamification, we can assimilate that easier. And maybe we can change the direction of one child, one, one young man, one young boy or girl to catch the fire, to financially become independent, to um, 
to be, to understand where they came from so that they can contribute to society in the future. And then also just getting the family back together, the conversations that are sparked, you know, they're never, they're not shared because most of the times, face it, our grandparents and great grandparents were traumatized. They didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> they didn't want to talk about it, but but we're we're less of a people because we never heard the stories. So there's so much intentionality in this game. Um, and and we want to share that. We want to help build, rebuild the black family. We want to canonize our history and celebrate it and make it known. And we want to give, uh, implement the tools for, for financial wealth. We're gonna do our part. So help us do your, your part too. Thank you, Ms. Hemphill. Um, everyone, that concludes by the, the show. Um, my last remarks are, um, I thank, thank uh, Ms. Hemphill and, uh, and Dr. Washington for coming on the show. I look forward to getting my game. Uh, hopefully y'all, will, the company will send it uh, uh, overnight, but I doubt it. But <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm very inter- intrigued and, and interested in, in, in playing this game and actually getting my family involved in playing it as well. I'm going to probably introduce them this game next big family outing. I uh, don't know where it is, probably 4th of July or Juneteenth or something like that. And, 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 and get the, the conversation going. Because like you said, Ms. Hemphill, um, we don't have a lot of uh, conversations about the issues that going on during the civil rights era, you know, because my dad and my mom was 10 years old when my, uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. And and I asked my dad about that. I'm like, how you, what was, what was it like? What was it like? He was like, man, it was a sad time. And, but they never shared that with me. We have to dig it out of them. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this game will open up the conversations and, and, and pass down these, those, those stories. So we won't forget our past. Cause if we don't, we don't, we don't know our past. We, we're bound to repeat them. So I, like I said, thank you all for coming on the show. I look forward to playing the game and I, 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 I educate, not educate, but I, I hope everyone, once they listen to the show, will purchase the game for the mere fact that you will learn something and it supports black businesses. Um, this is Marcus Jones with the, sh- uh, with the conclusion of my show. And you know, before I leave, you always know my slogan that knowledge is power, economic freedom is salvation. But if you put the two together, we can build a great nation. This is Marcus with Rebuke Podcast, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.